Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the overlap. Oh, what a voice crack and a half. Um, you know what? I'm going to keep it in. That's fine. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm, of course, joined by Rian. It is good to talk to all of you. Once again, it's been a couple of weeks since we, since we last chatted. You know, life gets in the way. Things happen. Things come up. But we are here. We are talking everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks as it relates to some, some specific teams. We're kind of making this a... Should we call it a festive episode? A very specific holiday episode? Um, oh, damn. You know, I have a Santa hat somewhere, and I don't know where oh. I left it. I really should have brought that here. But anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, hello, Rian. How are you? We were catching up offline, but, you know, might as well tell the um, I'm I'm doing great. Um, hope Also hoping that... Our listeners cannot hear uh, one of my cats using the litter box like five feet away from me. Right. <laughs> just, no, it's part oh. of the ambiance, dude. No, we love we love hearing uh, guest it, interaction. So. It is kind of like white noise. Him, yeah. uh, one of them, just <laughs> shoveling litter onto its onto <laughs> his own shit. Um, it's <laughs> there's something soothing about it. There's something uh, very yeah. It's it's uh it's just a very calming sound. Yeah, yeah. It's ASMR. Yeah, yeah, for some, for some. For some. For <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, all is well. Um glad all is well for everybody. For for this episode, what are we talking about, Rian? We're talking a little bit about um where we stand basically in the Premier League with some of these teams. Um let's just put it this way. Rian texted me and was like, All right, you take two teams and I'll take two teams and explain why or why not they will potentially win the title or they are title contenders. Um, and I was like, bet. Now, Rion assigned me these two teams, but honestly, these are the two teams that I would have loved to have picked and, and talk through. Um, you'll see and hear which teams are which. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to preface that uh, before we get started because I am very excited for this episode of Rion. So first and foremost... Rian, let's start with the team that one of the teams that you assigned me with, because um, that's certainly something that we can talk about. Um, Rian, you gave me Manchester City as one of the two teams to talk through and uh, and have a, a brief chat about why or why not they will be winning the league again for like the 17th time in 18 years. So... <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Before I give my thoughts, I want to hear yours. City are obviously on a somewhat poor run by their standards, right? They have they went through a period of about five games, I believe, without a win um, in in the month of November and into December. Some something along those lines. Um, from I believe they drew Chelsea, they drew Liverpool. They then drew Spurs, lost to Villa, and then they scraped out a win against Luton, um, which was, again, shocking. And then they drew to, to Palace again. That leaves City in fourth, one point above Spurs right now going into Boxing Day um, Boxing Day weekend, right, and Christmas weekend. So let's talk about it. Rian, tell me why you believe Manchester City will or will not win the league. I've, I've got uh, some notes for, for both, but if – where where do you want to where do you want to start? Do you want to start why they will or will not? Let's let's start with why they will because okay. it seems it seems as though, and if you saw Jose Mourinho uh, the other day on 
a podcast. There was a clip floating around um, very recently, and he was asked, who do you believe is going to win the league? And his answer was effectively, um, oh, you know, 51 City, 49 um, Liverpool. And the, the host of the show, I forget who which podcast this was. I think, I think it was Johnny. I think it was John Obi Macau. I could, I, I could be oh, wrong. Oh, yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that he had his own podcast. I thought he was just guest appearance, singing on everything. <laughs> but Jose Mourinho was like, "Nah, Arsenal, nah." So I want to start with Will because I guess I'm kind of of the opinion that City are very much out of the not out of the title race, but like. I think they are unlikely right now to win the title. I very much believe that they're going to have a resurgence and I'll explain why, but I do fundamentally believe that there are other teams that are more likely to win the title. So let's start with Will. I want to hear why you think City might very well prove me wrong. Yeah, I, I think um, the the overarching reason for me why why you would argue that City end up winning the title here is, um, I think for me it's, it might sound overly simplistic, but uh, Kevin De Bruyne is a is right now a better player than Julian Alvarez, right? And and the reason why I'm using Alvarez um, as like the comparison is because as De Bruyne has been out, Alvarez has played that more central midfield position, but he 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 obviously plays in a different way than De Bruyne did. Um, he is a bit more of like us is more likely to be like a second striker with, with Holland um, up top, but put uh, like 10 in air quotes. Yeah. 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 So it's obviously a different like interpretation of the, of the role that Kevin De Bruyne played. But um, at the same time, like even, even with that in mind, like Kevin De Bruyne was still doing almost everything that (laughs) Julian Alvarez is doing in his role but at a higher level right um just comparing to Alvarez's current season to De Bruyne last season um De Bruyne created more shots and this is all like per game like created more shots um had more progressive carries uh more successful take-ons and kind of a, another major one is that he just had he more touches in the penalty box as well right so he he kind of played that role better and at the same time was supplying a, was supplying Erling Holland um in you know in a more effective way than than Julian Alvarez has um and this is not again not a huge slight to Julian Alvarez he's still he might be like t- 10 years younger than, than Kevin De Bruyne at this point right now right so um and a he, yeah 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 and and yeah a different a different kind of player right um it, so it's just from from that point of view De Bruyne coming back and he's just started training with the team. Um, you know, considering that Alvarez, not Alvarez, uh, Holland, I know he's been dealing with injuries most recently, but uh, if he is healthy in the second half, you know, those two we saw last season, obviously they were the catalyst from an attacking point of view for a city, along with, along with Gundogan, who I, I think we've talked a lot about that how much he has been missed from this team, but um, those two in general as a pair, uh, I, I think I was reading that they had the most goals in uh, combinations with each other last season. So that is kind of like the overarching thing because 
when you look a little deeper and especially during that like four game, I think it was like four games where they they drew three times in a row, then lost, then lost to Aston Villa in what was their worst yeah. performance I can remember um, uh, under Pep Guardiola. Like maybe you could probably find one in his first season, probably no, find no, like no, one no. or two from his first season. You but actually can't. And statistically you cannot because mm. City attempted two shots uh, during that game. And that was legitimately the fewest ever by a Pep Guardiola team in any of Europe's top five leagues that he's managed. Um, and along with that, they conceded 22 shots, which was the joint most shots faced by a, <laughs> a team that Pep managed in Europe. So, yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's the one. That's the, yeah, if you were going to go to why they will, you look at that game, you're like, wow, I've never seen them be beaten like this. Um, <laughs> but, but, ta- but, you know, that aside, compared to last season, the shots allowed and the expected goals allowed is marginally worse than last season. Uh, and the and the big difference in in terms of those um, couple of metrics is that this season their opponents have converted like above XG this by almost three goals. So like last season they were slightly below. So the margins being very thin, like much thinner for City this this season. Not just because Arsenal are are you know still there still as good if and we might argue even a little better recently than they were last season um but you also have obviously liverpool um up there too so just adding like the amount of obstacles for them to get to get over uh the margins are thinner for them but i i don't think that they're consider they're playing like considerably worse than they were last season um yeah well it, i think you bring up a good point to to go back to the will column right big reason why I have City in my my column for them actually winning the league is because De Bruyne is coming back. Like, legitimately, that's the the biggest thing that I could think of for that column. Not necessarily because, you know, Julian Alvarez, to your point, has done a poor job, because I think he's done a phenomenal job for what he's capable of. But Kevin De Bruyne is the world's best midfielder, like, one of... And when you lose him for a long period of time, we've shown and we've talked about how City's chance creation kind of plummeted, right? Even outside of the, the Gundogan stuff, like with Kevin De Bruyne or without Kevin De Bruyne, it really, really took a tumble. And while I think Julian Alvarez and while I think Phil Foden have played well in those periods, it's not the same level. It just isn't. And that is okay to admit. I think it's actually important to admit that it's not the same level. But it also does pose a problem in what you've seen for the last five to six weeks with City. And this is kind of where I shift over to the won't column. Their shot and chance creation numbers have taken a big hit. And I think a big part of that, to your point from earlier, is the loss of creativity. You have Gundogan who's gone, even Mares to a degree, who at least allowed off the bench for large portions of last year, um, a different creative outlet on the wing that I don't know if they have on the same side. They have it in Doku on the other side, but I don't think that that flank has been entirely reinforced um, or, or is at the same level. And then on top of that, like I mentioned, De Bruyne being injured, Holland being injured, like all of these things have kind of added up slowly over the course of the season. And now you're at this point. I will say, like, half of these things change, right? 
De Bruyne hopefully not being injured for much more. Holland not being injured for much more, hopefully. Like, all these things do hopefully change, and we could be talking about a completely different side in a couple of weeks. But at least that's that's my answer for either or. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the important thing to stress is that it's really not they're still they're they're um off by i think five points right they're in fourth right now um it's it's not (laughs) it's not like dire for them um i think for for my reason for why i could argue they won't win um is their inability to or i guess in uh more inferior ability this season to retain control of the games when, especially when they have a lead. Right. Um, so I got this from, from understat and was looking at when they're up by one goal this season. And that's happened in about 380 minutes this season. Um, when they've been up by only one goal, uh, not looking at, at multiple, but their expected goal difference last season was over one right in the, in those situations um they scored 23 goals and allowed only 9 last last season went up by one goal this season that margin has dropped dramatically down to about 0.1 expected goal difference when when up by a goal and then they've scored 8 and and allowed 9 goals in those situations so that's effectively like a 90% drop as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Insane. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you, you've seen it in the game, in some games, right? Like against, um, against Crystal Palace this past weekend, right? Uh, they're up by two, end up conceding two in the last like 15 minutes, right? Uh, the last one being a, a penalty on a, you know, a situation where Phil Foden is in his own box and, and, and uh, did not have quite the awareness that most defenders would have in that situation and, and not just like swinging your leg at the, at the ball. Um, and we saw it a, against uh, Chelsea when they were up, up four, three, very late. And they, and they gave up um, that last goal. You've seen it in a lot of their, their draws recently, like same thing against Liverpool, right? A game where they mostly dominated and and conceded late and then against Tottenham as well they conceded late a game that, that you know two games where they were better but but um didn't quite put away those teams and were not able to to control the game throughout for 90 minutes um i also looked at their stats between minutes 61 and 75 this is also from understat like last season they Conceded only six goals and scored nineteen. Uh, this season, in the in those minutes, they have conceded seven goals and and scored seven goals. And so you're, but that's that's more about attacking output, right? Like what you're saying bit. is, yeah, they're yeah. I think and I think we've we've also seen um, when they get up on a lead, and I think we've talked about it before. They this a lot of this first half of the season has been has looked like it's been about attacking just enough and conserving energy when they're up right and and not quite um and and testing the limits of how much you actually need to attack when you have a guy like Erling Holland who who uh will get you like four to five shots a game and is a very good finisher dude like I know that the last I think over the last like couple weeks right before he went out he had some a, a couple a few chances um where where he 
and characteristically missed in front of goal. But um, it, it, this first half of the season has seemed like an experiment of, of how much do we actually need to attack when we have like this cyborg here who, who can get us the lead. And, and um, for the most part, we're good enough at, at stopping counterattacks. But I think overall, they just they have not been able to control the games to the same level as they did last season or in, in previous seasons. True. Yeah. Um, ironically, Barcelona has not with Gundogan. So that might be just a systemic <laughs> thing across, uh, you know, Catalan heritage S clubs. But yeah, I digress. Um, well, Rian, let's move on. And well, actually, I'll uh, maybe this will be a fun part of the segment. Tell me if you truly believe City will or won't win the league. Uh, I think I'm with you. I, th- I think it's unlikely. I, I, as of right now, I, I think they are unlikely to win the league. Agreed. Agreed. Well, with that, Rian, let's move on to the team that's currently in first place. Um, one point above Liverpool. Of course, this is being recorded. And we're talking about this before Saturday's game in which Arsenal do play Liverpool, which will be a phenomenal game in my opinion, not least because of the teams and what it means, but because of the way that these two teams play. I'm very excited for for this game. Talk to me about why you think Arsenal are, well, they're in first place. They're a point above Liverpool. They're in prime position to win the league, right? They should they should be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I starting with uh, why they will win the league this season. My argument there is that they're def- – I mean, um, related to, to what we just talked about with City, uh, their defending allows them to control games better than any other team in in the league, right now. and and maybe better than any other team in Europe. But that's another that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, uh, allowed the fewest goals, the fewest expected goals. Uh, they've had the most, uh, and they have the most high turnovers that end in a shot, right? Uh, the reason why I kind of throw in that last point is what has made their defendings so good this season. One of them obviously being that, you know, they, Gabriel and Saliba have been healthy for the entire time, right? But their defending from the front has gone up a level this season, right? Um, they lead the league in terms of, or sorry, there's only they're second only behind Spurs in terms of, uh, p- passes per defensive action, right? They've only Spurs have allowed fewer of those. So you kind of see it. That Brighton game was a great was a great example of it. Brighton, who are very adept at being able to play out of the back and and are one of the most technical sides in the league and and potentially Europe again. <laughs> like, um, very very comfortable with playing under pressure in their own half, right? Arsenal were just so, so good at stepping in front of like their passes, specifically up to their forwards, um, and passes that like tried to bypass that first line of pressure for, for Arsenal. Declan Rice was so good at, at stepping in and, and making those interceptions. Um, and Saliba and Gabriel, especially too. Um, I think, Brian didn't have a shot in that game until like 60 minutes in. And one of the commentators said, oh, they, the center backs haven't had a lot of work to do. But it's just that their work was actually in their own attacking half. Like the amount of times that, that they were just, they were following 
uh, any like Brighton attacker who was like dropping in to help with the build up, they were on their on like that player's back and either cutting out the pass or forcing the attacker to not be able to turn and, and have to play backwards, sideways, whatever. So I think just you kind of see that control exerted in you know from eye test, and then you kind of dig into the numbers too. Like they they lead the league in terms of touches in the attacking box and in, in, in the opposition attacking box and they've also allowed the fewest touches in their own box right so the the way this team defends right now um along with an attack that has been progressively getting better and better uh just like looking in the last five games they've averaged over two uh xg right and and <laughs> yeah and, an average of over two is absurd. yeah yeah, and and then and they've only and they've allowed less than zero point seven xG in, in those games too. So it's they are really exerting a lot of control over these games, and they're doing better than anyone else. And um, and I think you have to give a lot of credit to I, I already said Declan Rice has been a big part of that, but and Kai Havertz as well. One of his biggest um, one of the biggest factors, one of the biggest uh, strengths for him, I think, is his defensive work rate and how good he is at, at pressing from the front. And he does a really good job at blocking off passing lanes. And again, it's very tireless in, in how he presses um, uh, for a high press, especially. So that's my, that's my argument for why they will. win. like, they're, they are, they might be the best defensive team in the, in the, in Europe. <laughs> like, so, and, and they, and they do it from the front and they're really, really good at it. I love that answer. I, I think, I think, Yes, to they're a great defensive team. But what I loved about that answer is that you highlighted that it is from the front because we can talk about the health of Gabriel and Saliba and what that means for Arsenal because we've talked about it since last year. This isn't a new concept. What I think is really important is not only that are they defending with their front three, and of course through through the midfield as well, but they're defending through their front three at times without Odegaard because Odegaard as well is a very he's a very skilled presser beyond just being an incredibly technical passer, et cetera, and having great vision. He's a very good presser of the ball. And he was out with, I believe, a concussion for a couple of weeks. And without him, that level of pressing still was up to par, in my opinion. I don't think there was a drop in levels. And statistically, the fact that they have allowed 0.7 XG over the course of the last five games kind of shows you the fact that their pressing is really, really structured. And I think that's one of like the hardest things to drill down within a team because it requires everybody to do the right thing and only one person to do the wrong thing for it to go horribly wrong. So I I very much like agree that their ability to press from the front, incredible strength and a big reason why they very well um, could go on to defend their um, their current lead in the Premier League. Ironically, there's something related to this I'll get back to with Liverpool, um, especially with their upcoming game, but I'll, I'll leave that to the side for now. But tell me why you think Arsenal might not win the league. Is it injuries? Is it, you know, you can't really say a lack of attacking output. Is it, what could it be? Yeah, I think, I think, it, <laughs> no, I, I think it comes back to the depth, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm thinking specifically, an injury to um, Kai Osaka or Declan Rice is 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 where I could see this 
getting a lot tougher for them. Um, only William Saliba has played more minutes in the Premier League than those two. Right? Um, Rice has played ninety percent of the of the available minutes in the competition in all competitions. I should say, uh, and within the Premier League, like, I kind of talked about about it with uh, how good he is from with the uh, yeah I do. we have a guest <laughs> yes yeah, so we do have one that's trying to that's trying <laughs> to walk across the the computer right now I don't know what he's looking for um he just wants to give his opinion on, on Arsenal's potential downfall <laughs> I'm just gonna move over here because this is where he's trying to go this is incredible oh my god <laughs> um but yeah it, his He's so important to, to how they um, execute their high press. He's in the 95th percentile in the Premier League for interceptions by a midfielder. Um, so obviously losing him would be huge. But Saka as well, obviously, right? Um, he's only missed – he has missed one game this season through injury. It was when he came off um, – I can't remember against who it was, but he came off in the first half and it was something to do with like his um, – you know, like his Benfica. ankle or or hamstring, and I and I think that we thought that he'd be out for a few weeks. He only ended up missing like a game. So, yeah. so even with that, um, he's played ninety one percent of the possible minutes uh, in the Premier League, and he leads the team in terms of um, non penalty expected goals and expected assists. It, it, that that combined when you combine those two stats, he's. Uh, like a forty percent higher than anyone else on the team, so um, I think we've seen it in, in in a lot of their like late wins recently. That kind of that back post cross from him that he's just gotten so good at executing. Um, Havertz has scored a goal off of it. Um, Trossard scored a goal off of it against Chelsea. Uh, it, it's something that's become very important to how they're able to break down like low blocks, right? Um, overloading one side and get, having a guy as good as Kyle Saka to play that ball to the far, far post. Runs. Yep. Uh, and so losing either him or Declan Rice for like a significant amount of time, uh, I, I think could make really difficult. Rice would make it really difficult for them to keep up that, how good they are defensively. And then from Saka, it would make it really difficult um, from an attacking point of view, Super partially awesome. because I don't think they, I think like from Martinelli's side, from the left side, they have had Trossard come in and play that position and and yeah. and do well. They don't have anyone on the right <laughs> wing that they feel comfortable playing. <laughs> Hence, yeah. why you know Saka is is playing as many minutes as he does, right? That's Obviously, nice. because he's an amazing player too. But yeah, like, but. But you know, but it, but it is to your point. Like it's it's specifically they don't have anyone else on the right wing that they would play in place of Bakayo Saka if he were to. Be, yeah, even yeah. sub even even in sub minutes, like even yeah, to stop yeah, him yeah, off yeah. And, and right and, and sub someone it's else true. on that they trust to play that position. Like it, it doesn't happen. It's true. It's true, and it's a critical position for them now with the overloads that you mentioned. Like without that, I, to be fair, I don't know how many low blocks they really come across. Um, well, they do. They do come across a good number of them um, in the Premier League. I, mm-hmm. I would say in Europe, I think less so. But, yeah, yeah, not not so much in Europe. Yeah, but it's we're talking about the Premier League, uh, mm-hmm. and it's still very important. Obviously, <laughs> um, I think I was landlocked on their game against uh, Liverpool. But anyway, I think that's a, a very valid answer for why they won't potentially win the league. I like the highlight of those two 
potential players. I'm curious, just lastly on this point, what you think Thomas Partey coming back could mean for them in terms of depth. Mm. Um, because I feel like there were parts of the the last month or so where I definitely could see Declan Rice was maybe missing that partner in midfield. Um, and I feel like Partey kind of fills that void, um, mm. at least certainly better than anyone else right now at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting because he's – think he's still injured but even so if he were to come back within the next couple of weeks he's yeah. they've got after cup of nations right that i assume oh, that he will be yeah. going to ghana going with ghana yeah too. yeah that's a so, really good point so yeah so so the it becomes more important with Jorginho now um and yeah it, it's it, it's i don't think they can play Jorginho alone on in the sixth anymore like um just the mobility is just not there but yeah, he'll be, he'll be uh, Partey will be very important, I think, in the second half of the season after Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah. Um, I, I I would be surprised. I, I could see them going back to playing him and Rice together when we get to your like the Champions League games. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I think he'll be more important in those games, honestly, than than in the league. But agreed. We'll agreed. see. Well. Great analysis. Love it. Um, I think we covered City. We covered Arsenal. Now, Rian, let's cover the team that Arsenal is playing this weekend. Liverpool, we've already talked about how big this game is specifically. But this is the one that interests me the most, to be honest. And you know that I've been really bullish on Liverpool for the last two months at this point. Like, I have kind of said from the onset that what I was seeing with this Liverpool team was very impressive. So I want to start with why I actually believe Liverpool will like, I feel actually like pretty confident about this with one very big caveat. Um, I feel very confident that Liverpool will win the league. Let's talk about shot creation as well as chance creation. Now I know this to put it into perspective is probably not the best statistical overlay to begin with, but I think it proves a pretty good point. In their game against United, they had 34 shots. Not on target, but just 34 shots. That is their most on record in a Premier League game without scoring. Now, the caveat that I want to highlight is, of course, the fact that they did not score in that game. So you kind of think about why. Well, I'm going to go back and forth between will they, won't they. In their last, I would say, 8 to 10 games... We know how good Mo Salah has been for Liverpool this season. He crossed the 200-goal mark for them very recently. Phenomenal, right? But it's really Mo Salah and friends. Because between Darwin Nunez, uh, Luis Diaz, which we can kind of give him a pass for some of the personal things that he was going through, um, but as well as Cody Gakpo, that's a total of three goals in 10 appearances, basically. Um, not each one of them having eight to 10 appearances. That's not going to cut it when it comes to putting all of the weight, basically of this attacking output on Mo Salah in terms of goal scoring, in terms of chance creation, in terms of assists, all three of those players have had somewhat of a, a hand, albeit Darwin Nunez has had his memeable moments over the last couple of weeks. That aside, that's my big concern with Liverpool is 
help for Mo Salah. And I think about what you just mentioned, because I forgot about this, but the African Cup of Nations being basically a whole stretch of, of about a month and Egypt made the final um, last time around. It's probably likely that Mo Salah will not be around potentially for a month. So I don't know what Liverpool do in that scenario. Now it is good to see that you have players like Sobislai who can out of nothing create something of a goal, you know, once every couple of weeks, but Liverpool will need consistency when it comes to goals, but they're in terms of shots and chance creation. They're, they're doing okay. I'm not going to harp too much on Endo and kind of like the, the search for a six, if you will, but that's all I wanted to mention with the will and slight uh, partially other won't. So that's your, and, that's your, for why they won't win. Yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to start with like the, the fact that I do believe shot and chance creation has been phenomenal, but the, my biggest concern for them um, is the actual goal scored ultimately, because yeah. between there's their other strikers and other attackers. It has not been that pretty. Um, yeah. And I, I will, I will also throw out that, Liverpool are the team with the second most number of points won from losing positions in Europe's top five leagues, only behind Girona, ironically, <laughs> um, who are currently sitting in first as well um, in La Liga. But like, point being, Liverpool are kind of living on the edge a little bit with with their season, and that is the potential. You know, your one, you know, Mosala injury or one Mosala. AFCON appearance away from losing a lot of value uh, when it comes to the most important part of this game, which is of course scoring goals. So yeah, yeah, I I think I I hadn't thought about the Salah getting in or getting injured. Or well, obviously he'll be out for at least a couple of weeks with um with AFCON. Uh, I hadn't thought about him getting injured very much because it just so rarely happens <laughs> with him. He's just he is like bionic almost. Um, uh, so I think that's a pretty good argument for why for what could be a major downfall for them. I think for me, it is you touched on it. Um, the defensive midfielder position. Um, Endo's been playing more recently, and in the in the couple games that I've seen him play recently, I, I think he is slowly getting better or, or slowly fitting into the team more. Um, but I still think that they're. Uh, inferior ability when when we compare to the other contenders here um their inferior ability to stop transitions is kind of lends so i also think that's where there's some fragility in the team uh so no team has allowed more successful dribbles against them than liverpool this yeah. season and then only brighton have a worse tackle rate against dribbles <laughs> than, oh, than liverpool that's not great so, company uh, no no Another team that has had a lot of issues this season with with um, stopping transitions. So I think that's the thing that brings that whole thing back for me. Because transitions are one thing, right? Transitions Mm -hmm. lead to potential chances. But when it comes to those actual chances that they are conceding, they're conceding 12.1 shots per game, which is like relatively high on average. Uh, I believe it's like like top five. So... Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Were you say I was I was gonna say twelve. Yeah, around twelve is like, I think I don't know exactly where that puts them in the league, but there's somewhere I think in that five to six, around 
fifth or something like that. For, for um, context, City and Arsenal are conceding on average like eight. Yeah. So like yeah. significantly <laughs> less. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I would say about that as well is they're conceding those transitions, but they're also conceding pretty high quality chances because a they have a very similar shot on target percentage as their opponents, but Liverpool are winning games because they're more clinical. Their opponents have not been as clinical. They're in the same company when it comes to shots conceded as Crystal Palace. Fulham and Everton. So not the best. Are these shots on target or, or shot the, the, overall? These, shots? Um, the, I believe these are just shots actually. Okay. Yeah. So that, yeah. Okay. The shots on target piece. I know how you feel about that, but just to put it into perspective, that's the company that they're in from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. And, and it, 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 again, it fits with the eye test when you watch them. Right, like, like this is this is not anything that I think would be outlandish for anyone to say. They're worse defensively than Arsenal, Manchester City, and Villa, honestly. So it's the one like, again. That's that's where I'm saying the one thing that holds them back um, is just that ability to stop transitions, and they've they've been just about good enough at it this season. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with just their their attacking ability is just insane when when you have Salah and then. Trent Alexander Arnold, yeah. who's just just he's he's third in the league in terms of shot creating actions per ninety. He's it's insane. He's yeah. been he's been fantastic in that in that role from an attacking point of view, and it and it allows um, it doesn't put him in vulnerable position vulnerable positions defensively, um, at least not like out wide, right? So yeah. it, it this team is is I wouldn't say feast or famine, but like they. There is like, uh, I guess, similar to like the Death Star. There is a very obvious like <laughs> one little compartment that yeah. uh, is their weakness, and if hit, like um, it, it could be the difference between you know, um, being able to win the league and, and and not. It's true. I mean, there are very fine margins at this level uh, when you're in the top four race right now, which is divided, I believe, by or separated by like five points. Yeah. It's razor thin. Um, I want to make a really important case for why I do really firmly believe Liverpool will win the title. And then we'll move on and talk about Villa. But like I talked about shot and chance creation, Mo Salah being phenomenal. All, all that's fine. But I feel like there's one aspect of Liverpool that we have not talked that much about this season. Although I think he is starting to get his flowers. And that's Allison. Now, I told you how... City and Arsenal are letting up uh, around eight shots per game. Um, I think this is really highlighting like Allison's performance specifically. Now Liverpool have conceded 15 goals, I believe this season while city have conceded 20 and Arsenal have also conceded 15. It's not terrible. Like generally speaking, like it's about average, I would say, but I think the thing that impresses me the most about Allison, and I think back to like the Crystal Palace game, right? He is, he currently possesses the highest save rate in the Premier League. 83% of shots that he faces, he is currently saving. And no team has conceded fewer goals than Liverpool in the league. Allison missed two games so far this season due to injury, and 20% of their total goals conceded came in one of the two games that he missed. 
So do not forget how critical Allison is for Liverpool right now. And you also mentioned, you know, interestingly enough, transitions. I don't think we talked about how good Liverpool are when it comes to transitions, right? We know that they're a very good counterattacking team. Liverpool are fifth in attempted counterattacks in the league, and they are first in counterattacking goals. Allison is also a big part of why they start those counterattacks because he's averaging 30-something plus passes per game, and he's beginning a lot of those counterattacks out of the back to Trent, to Mo Salah, et cetera, et cetera. So he's kind of playing like this 12th man role that I feel like in some ways we're not really talking about as much uh, between being a chance creator as well as having the highest save rate in the league right now. Um, now you can also flip that entirely and say that may not last the rest of the season as well. And that average will go down, but assuming that does not Liverpool are in good shape with Allison. I think he's been by far the best keeper in the Premier League. Yeah. I, once again, I think he's been I think he's been the best keeper in in um in England for probably at least five six five six maybe seven <laughs> like basically since he joined Liverpool honestly um I, I, he is such an important part of like why they can play the way they play from an attacking point of view because he is so good at sweeping and at the same time like he'll he'll pick a pass to um to start a counterattack as you said so again i think like the the biggest reason for why this team will win is we already kind of talked about it already like it's just goals 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 like they're just so deadly um and attack just have so much talent up there um they they have the most shots most shots in the league um only newcastle's accumulated more expected goals this season and just uh, from from like individual point of view, I, I touched on on Trent, um, but they have two players in the top ten in the league for non penalty expected goals plus expected assists. One of them, Salah, obviously, um, he's second behind Holland, but the other one's Darwin Nunez, like a, a guy that yes, he does not convert his chances at a great rate, but um, the whole whole conversation on it last last season that what he does for the team is still is such an overall net positive. Um, and I think he's, I think he's had a better season this, this, this one too. Um, so I, I still think that guy's extremely important to how they play it. Even, so even if like he is knock off uh, cyborg basically. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he is, he it really is. Um, but he's, but he, a great, a great player nonetheless. And, and, and a great for how Liverpool play, right. Yeah. That's the important thing. No, that's, it's entirely right. Um, let's move on, Rian. Let's talk about the last team in this top four. It's not Spurs. It's not Newcastle. It is certainly not United or Chelsea, unfortunately. Um, Rian, it's Aston Villa. Good evening, my friend. Let's talk about why Aston Villa very well might win the league. They are tied with Liverpool on points. I mean, prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're we're halfway through the almost halfway through the season, and yeah. they are firmly um, 
in in the race right now. Like you know, like you said, they're they're tied with Liverpool. They're one point off of Arsenal. They're four points up on Manchester City. They've beaten both Manchester City and Arsenal. <laughs> and and, and yeah, as we mentioned earlier, like that win against City was not remotely a fluke. The Arsenal game was was no. more even, but that game against City was not a fluke at all. They completely they played City off the park. So um, you you have to you have to throw them in there. Uh, my my reason why they will win is a bit of a wet blanket, unfortunately. Um, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> my, my reason is just like a tremendous amount of luck that results in Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man City all just like severely underperforming in the second half of the season. I, I honestly, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I, I wasn't sure where you were going with it once you mentioned it, but I, I honestly fully agree because they are all underperforming in in like a major category i'm not Mm -hmm. sure what category that was because that is because each team is slightly different arsenal is probably the one team that's not like drastically underperforming yeah yeah uh because you know you kind of dig into the numbers and villa are are, again firmly one of the best sides in the league but uh they're sixth in expected goal difference um they have the second highest goals to expected goals over performance from attacking point of view um, and when you kind of look through almost every metric kind of says there's, they're closer to fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh range than they are to like what's well, first, second or third, honestly. Um, and, and again, it's when not it to, to really try not to be too much of a wet blanket here. Like they've been, they have been extremely good. Um, and their performances on, on a whole have merited, you know, their position in the league. Right. Um, the, everyone gets luck here and there, right, throughout the season. Uh, and, and there's put them where you might think that based on their performances in aggregate, maybe they'd be like around fourth or fifth, but they're, they're second. And, and I think that I think that is an extremely good, high accomplishment. And I, I think that they, I think they're still going to have quite a fight to stay in the top four by the end of the season. Uh, but, I think it would be difficult to bet against them not being that fourth team right now um, because they have the points on the table. <laughs> so like, it's a big, big reason of it. And they're not, they're, they're really in that same boat. I think like performance wise with like Tottenham and Newcastle. And um, I think, I guess actually those would probably be the, the three main one. I'm probably forgetting someone, but, um, but yeah, they're in the kind of in the same boat there. So, but again, why that's kind of my reason why they will win. I think we're pretty much on the same yeah. wavelength for that. Um, and then why they won't is pretty much like regression. Um, <laughs> and, and just like regression to the, to the mean. Yeah, no, I really. mean, it's, it's very um, real. Yeah, like, and not just from them, but like, you know, City getting better, right? Um, is It would be a big one. Uh, I also think that you look at who is in the conference league, we're going to knockouts. Like Villa will get their first round bye because they won their their group. But man, I, they they should be a favorite to win that to win that um tournament. A tournament, right? Like like the I, I like took a look at like who is who else is in there, and and the only other name that maybe that I think could challenge them by the end. I think the biggest one was like Fenerbahce. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there's there's not much else other than that. I think Betis might, is also in conference league. Yeah, and, and well, honestly, right? I mean, 
they're not playing too badly. In fact, they mm-hmm. they drew Girona today, um, mm-hmm. which is the first time I think Girona have lost points in forever. But yeah, Betis are like a strong side. So I, w- I would be yeah. curious to see what a matchup between those two teams would look like. Yeah, I, I think so. So for that, like, when you consider like who is left in that competition, um, I think you also see if we get to February, as we get to February, March time, yeah, you might see Villa start prioritizing that competition a bit more because it's similar to West Ham last season, although although West Ham had to first fight relegation. Um, but similar to West Ham, like winning any European trophy would be like like it's such a huge accomplishment and and their fans would be so happy about that um and i think villa would still have a chance of finishing like the top six and and win the conference league honestly so uh i think that might be another reason why you see them drop down the table a bit as as it becomes more apparent that conference league is is very winnable for them i really hope they don't deprioritize that in the, the second half well, because because they, they, they can finish in the top four or something. yeah but like ironically they basically have multiple paths to european competition for next season which i don't like yep. i always go back and forth on if that should be like a goal for a club mm-hmm. like getting into a competition but to be honest villa finishing top six would be a phenomenal achievement like they finished uh, what was it seventh last year yeah. Or yeah, I think it was seventh. And for them to continue growing into a really a top six side, like truly a top six side, a very well coached side, mm-hmm. that's nothing short of impressive. Like don't discount that, um, is, is kind of my point. And I and I say that without necessarily like the implications of what European football could be for them, whether it's the Europa League or even the, the Champions League or the Super League for some who are following along <laughs> with all of that yeah. stuff today. So um, that's that's at least my take on on Villa. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for us, Alice. The, the only thing that I think we didn't um, do after the City segment is the likelihood of each of each team. Um, so going back, going back yes. to Arsenal for you, yeah. um, what do you think? What are you thinking their, their chances are? It, it honestly is a little hard to feel like I'm betting against not just the team that's in first, but the team that is genuinely, they don't necessarily have a very overarching weakness other than capitulation. (laughs) Like that is, that's basically it. Um, I, I would say 50, 50 on Arsenal right now. I, you know what? I'll go, I'll get off the fence. 51% chance. They do not win 49% chance. They do. I'll give them that. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I I think for me, out of out of these teams that we've talked about, I I think right now they're the they're the most likely for for my my opinion. That's they're the most likely That's of these valid. four. Um, Little weaknesses, very very balanced and very strong. Like I totally get it. Um, yeah, I'm 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 excited for when when we have it'll probably be next month when we when we do an episode on the on Champions League. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I I put them very much up there in the favorites there to win it as well. But um, interesting. But, now but we can that to me we can talk more about that. Yeah, we we <laughs> will have to talk about that. Um, interesting. Okay. <laughs> but if Liverpool Arsenal for you. Liverpool now. Yes. Yeah. Liverpool for me. 
they're my favorites, right? They have been on a tear of goal scoring. They look are conceding a lot of, of good chances to other teams. Um, but they have also conceded the least number of goals, as I talked about with Allison's presence. And so I have little reason to doubt that that's going to not continue. Again, that AFCON period is the one period where it's like, you don't know. Beyond that, I think Liverpool are in the driver's seat. Their, their explosiveness up front um, is, I think, a true testament to, to the quality that they have. Um, so Liverpool are my certainly my favorite still. And then I guess last one would be Villa. Yeah, and and going back to the, yeah, uh, we're quickly like going back to the goalkeeper point of view. Like we didn't talk about it much from Arsenal's point of view, but that's also a huge question mark now, right? Yeah, um, oh yeah. Raya has had shaky games, like like consistently in the last month. So and uh, and the one game that Ramsdale came back in was was really really nervy. So. Um, yeah, that's that is that was also I think a big question mark for Arsenal um, throughout the season now. Uh, but, but Villa, um, where it's it's just <laughs> it's gonna take it's not it's not gonna take a Leicester miracle, but it's gonna take like no. three teams that are playing really that are already playing really well <laughs> and yeah. better than you. <laughs> um to all of a sudden play start playing like relatively poorly uh yeah. and their players that are better than you probably get a, a, like half of them get injured or something right so yeah yeah that it would take a lot not a lesser type type uh miracle for sure but it would definitely it would take a a, a pretty surprising downturn in form from the, all of the teams around them which I don't necessarily expect. Yeah. So, well, love it. We didn't necessarily get to um, talk through kind of the Champions League round of 16, but I will say I've mentioned this to Rion pretty pretty briefly. I think the the ties are actually kind of, well, they're kind of ass. I don't really know how else to phrase it. Um, <laughs> I mean, some of them are interesting. I think, honestly, to me, the most interesting one is PSG uh, Sociedad. I think that's going to be a phenomenal tie. Um, it's just so mm-hmm. hard to predict how these ties go because they're two and a half months away or two months away, whatever it yeah. is. Um, I'm very I'm very curious, like, objectively, how Napoli-Barcelona go, it goes. I think that's a really interesting tie as well. Um, Inter against Atletico, I already told you, that is pure – horror um, <laughs> of, a, of a tie um, yeah that's gonna be a tough watch of, yeah the rest are pretty straightforward um, um but i would love P- to i think psv psv dortmund would oh, yeah. be fun um yeah. especially from an american point of view um yeah they're you know dest malik tillman carter peppy yep. all played pretty big roles in in um psv making it into the knockout stages for the first time i think in like almost a decade or, or something like yeah. that um, and when you throw it on top of that, hey, I don't know how many people have been tapped in at all to the area to visit this season, but they've won 16 out of 16 games. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> leading, it's, it's like ridiculous. They've, they've been unbelievable. Um, in, but they in got their blown off the park so, by Arsenal, so it's like, yeah, yeah, that's that that true. Like, you know, yeah. they, they are all attack, which should be fun against Dortmund, who, Weirdly, actually, the season have been way more defensive, and uh, they are—they have not 
very good this season, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, no, it's true. Yeah, but I think those those should be some some interesting matchups. Um, and I think the only other news from especially like this week, uh, a couple of things. One, FIFA announcing their their Club World Cup oh, yeah. uh, format, and that'll be in the U.S. in a couple years. I think it's like thirty two teams, and twelve of them will be from Europe and each we other. Do get each other? Look, nation. we get a lot of good football to coming to the U.S. over the next three years. We have Copa America next year. We have Club, FIFA Club World Cup the year after. And then we have, obviously, the World Cup after that. So, like, mm-hmm. I I, I get it. Um, but at some point, are we ever going to have a conversation about number of matches? I tw- Like, I tweeted about this today <laughs> as it relates to, like, the Super League versus uh, just UEFA. It's just... It's one. It's it's greed against greed. That's how I feel. So, oh man, one of the cats definitely know. agreed with me, or hated. Yeah, me. <laughs> just not. Uh, just knocked something off the desk here. Um, nice. Yeah, like that. That's I, I, that conversation at this point is totally up to the players. Like that's that's kind of where I'm at about it. Like they, it, there's that's the only they the only people that can stop it at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're the only ones. So um, yeah, the managers can talk about it as much as they want, but you know the players are gonna have will have to actually like strike of some sort. <laughs> That's the only Basically. way. Um, Basically, yeah. And then the other news, obviously, you talked, you talked, you kind of brought up there, uh, Super League being well, it, it's it's very specific what the ruling was from yeah. the European Court of Justice. It, it's it was that. FIFA and UEFA's actions of trying to, you know, punish the clubs for joining that breakaway com- um, competition was illegal. Um, yes. Which fair enough, yeah, that, that is fair enough. Like monop, like you know, we, we yeah. have antitrust laws here in the US, so the, the monopoly laws of sorts. Um, exactly. But what what other people have have said is very smartly is like the reason that it didn't work had it wasn't because it was illegal <laughs> it was like that was a threat yes yeah. from FIFA and UEFA yeah. but the reason it didn't work is because you know the scenes that we saw of fans outside those stadiums like the day after it got announced and this the overwhelming negative reaction to it all is is yeah. what really stopped it um exactly and exactly. that is much harder for them to find to be able to garner like favorable opinions on it than um than it is to say that's to, to say that's you know legal or illegal for them to even true. try to do it so yeah yeah it's 100 percent true um i very distinctly remember that day and like <laughs> i feel like the whole world was up in arms um and, and just because it felt like a massive fu um it, it look like, yeah. however way you kind of paint it to be honest it's going to be it's it's going to be more games it's going to be more money that's if you did not get the picture that's kind of the whole point of why either of these competitions exist but yeah that's that's where we're we're headed Uh, i think ultimately it's going to be very interesting to see how the founders basically of the super league deal with clubs that want to or don't want to be a part of it like it's been very Mm -hmm. made very clear that there are several top clubs that will not be joining the super league or want any interest but 
does this open the door to for teams like I don't know, like take like Celtic or like Rangers, right? Who don't necessarily always see UEFA competition, um, or sorry, they don't always see like Champions League competition. Do we see an opportunity for them to play in Europe in a different way? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think. Yeah, I think the important thing too is that the, all these teams are saying these teams are saying no or yes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're saying no to like this version of the super right. of like. Yeah, of the Super League that that is like not really that much better than like now at this point, especially after you know UEFA was strong armed into changing the format of the Champions League. The next season right. will have a completely new format, right? Yep. And that that well, it's itself was done to make things you know better for the bigger clubs, right? Yep. So um, it's it's it. it I, I think whatever version of it that's being tri- that's trying to be created right now is probably not going to happen. Like, most likely not going to happen. Um, Agreed. But I said it. Format. Um, no, they're still they're still doing the the new Champions League format I think next season. It'll it's supposed to be like a table of sorts. Like, right. I, I, I've not read a lot into it. But um, it's supposed to be a bit more of like a league format than going into like the uh, um, playoffs. So, got it. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think we will see some sort of reincarnation of this in in the future. Um, it'll it'll. I'll tell you what. It'll be marketed a lot better than that first attempt, which is just one of the worst. <laughs> one of the worst product launches you'll ever see in your life like just it's absolutely the lack of actual strategy or or try to garner any political favor before like putting that shit out was just unbelievable how 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 many rich people were involved in that and how little (laughs) how little sense that was put into actually like, like launching that in a favorable way yeah they were so out of touch. It was actually comical. Um, God, I yeah. almost want to go back to that time period and like remember what it was like to see the Twitter reactions. And then every oh, man. multi-millionaire or billionaire was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then all of the re- like club reactions the same day was just like, oh. Man, yeah, I mean, I swear. I, I, I honestly, my, my thought now is that it was just like maybe Perez – Perez and maybe like and and like and Yelly and uh and maybe like Laporta all like came came to this came like to these clubs the clubs that had originally said they would do it like came to them with this plan like we're doing this and 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 we'll and we'll handle all the marketing or whatever and those <laughs> and and everyone else was like all right sure <laughs> like, <laughs> like we'll we'll sign on but I'm yeah. not actually getting involved in in any of the actual work <laughs> behind this because this seems like just this seems like way like a lot this seems like a lot like you guys it's already have so, the plan and you're yeah. ready to do it now like you can you, you do it fine <laughs> yeah it was the so it, it, just, it felt like the, uh... yeah a part of the group project and not actually doing anything, knowing that everyone else is going to do the work. Yeah. So <laughs> just be like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm living and dying with this, with these, this guy, the guy who wants to do all the work for this. <laughs> like, yeah, if yeah, he wants facts. to do it, fuck it. Fine. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, this might this might be terrible, but yeah, you got it. That's so real. That is so real. Oh my goodness. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that uh, that basically sums it up for everything going on in the Premier League. Um, I don't even want to talk about La Liga, but anyway, with that, we will talk to you all soon. Have a wonderful, happy, and healthy holiday. Um, please stay safe out there. A lot of people are getting sick right now, so please like just take care of yourselves. Um, but with that, we will talk to you all soon. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys.